Bubble, bubble, toil and trouble. Listen again, feel goosebumps on the double. Goosebumps, the show in which I review every single Goosebumps book from R.L. Stein's original series. Today we are going in deep. Deep trouble, that is. Goosebumps number 19. We've got some very good Tim Jacobus cover art here, except it would lead you to believe the main premise of the story is a boy being eaten by a hammerhead shark, which is not uh, the concept behind Deep Trouble. But it still looks nice, uh, but it's very misleading. But it looks nice. Tagline is, just when you thought it was safe. I think that's a ripoff of Jaws 2, just when you thought it was safe to get back in the water, I think. And uh, the blurb reads as follows. Don't go in the water. Billy and his sister Sheena are visiting their uncle, Dr. D, on a tiny Caribbean island. It's the perfect place to go explore around the water, and Billy's ready for an adventure. There's only one rule to remember. Stay away from the coral reefs. Still, the reefs are so beautiful, so peaceful, Billy can't resist. But he's not alone in the water. Something's lurking deep below the surface. Something dark and scaly. Something that's half human, half fish. I didn't actually read that blurb before I, I reread this book. It makes it sound a lot more exciting than it actually is. So our protagonist is Billy, Billy Deep, who's staying uh, on a cruise ship off the Caribbean island with his sister Sheena and their uncle, the famous uh, marine biologist, Dr. Deep. Just as a minor point here, if the setting of the story is mostly underwater, that's enough to justify the title Deep Trouble. That's a double entendre because it's deep in the sense that there's a lot of trouble and it's deep because it's literally deep underwater. You don't have to furthermore name your protagonist Deep. That's a triple entendre and, frankly, too much entendre for me to handle. But I digress. One day, Dr. Deep is approached by two people from a zoo of sorts, and they want the famous doctor to investigate reports of a mermaid in the area. They've, they've heard that there's a mermaid somewhere near where they are, and if anyone can find that, it's Dr. Deep with the help of his assistant Alexander. And so Billy gets very excited, he's always got an active imagination, he's ready to uh, find this mermaid, and he does. Accidentally. Uh, he's about to be eaten by a shark while he's swimming, and uh, a mermaid comes to the rescue. A girl mermaid. They, she's a, a girl mermaid. She's a girl. So the mermaid is taken aboard the ship, and Billy quickly strikes up a friendship with her, despite their obvious differences and inability to communicate. And he sort of gets quite remorseful that they're going to uh, donate this mermaid to a zoo when it's clearly an intelligent being. Sort of tackles the issue of, you know, when is it alright to, uh, when is it alright for science to intervene in mermaids? Which is an important issue these days. Then one night, four men come onto the ship and steal the mermaid. How do they know where it was? It turns out Alexander, the lab assistant, sold them out and accepted a bribe in return for handing over the mermaid. So the mermaid is stolen, and the three members of the Deep family are locked in a fish tank and thrown overboard, where they are saved from drowning by other mermaids. Freed from the aquatic tomb, they follow the mermaids to the assailant's ship in their little dinghy, um, where they're promptly uh, spotted again, and uh, their dinghy's about to be set on fire, burning to death in the ocean is a pretty good example of 
irony, when the other mermaids rock the assailant's boat over and it frees the mermaid that was tethered there and the mermaids are free and the deep family are free and hopefully all the bad men drown. It's not confirmed, but bloody hell, wouldn't that be ironic? Not really. Drowning at sea. That's the opposite of ironic. The appropriate. So Dr. Deep has another meeting with the people from the zoo and he says, no, couldn't find a mermaid, there's no such thing. So he has a conscience and he turns down the million dollars that it's revealed earlier in the book he really needed to continue his research. But what good is money if you sell your soul and betray your mermaid friends? The story ends with Billy seeing a sea monster that he spotted earlier in the book that no one believed. I didn't mention it because it has no bearing in the plot and it seems to have just been in the earlier chapter to set up this cliffhanger. So immediately there are obvious comparisons with an earlier book in the series, Curse of the Mummy's Tomb. Both stories we have a, a boy who is staying with his uncle who is an expert in his respective field, trying to uncover this new discovery that will uh, shape the foundation of their um, field. In both cases it's not the actual supernatural element that seeks to harm the characters, but the uncle's lab assistant. In both cases, it's the lab assistant who is either superstitious or greedy, and that brings the characters into danger. The difference is the Egyptian setting of Cursed Mummy's Tomb inside a mummy's tomb is uh, naturally uh, quite interesting, quite spooky. While it's interesting having a book set, you know, a little bit underwater and at sea, it's not exactly the same as being inside a pyramid. Furthermore, reading the blurb, you get the impression that the mermaid is going to be some sort of monster, some sort of killing machine. Something that's going to like stalk them and, um, you know, follow the boat and eat one of them, maybe. It's sort of nice that Billy has a friendship with this benevolent mermaid woman, but I think a scary mermaid would have been more exciting than just uh, a greedy lab assistant who wants money. Overall, the supernatural elements, I think, are underexplored in this, and while we do see the other mermaids, we don't get a lot of insight into what they really are. Overall, the story is very fast-paced and a very quick read in for a Goosebumps book. And while it is interesting and it is exciting to read about, uh, you know, the discovery of the mermaid and uh, the deep family's conflict with the people who steal mermaids, it's not very scary. And the scariest part is when they're about to drown in a fish tank. And that, of course, can happen to any of us. I lost two uncles to fish tank-related drownings. So I can't fault the story in of itself. It wraps up very nicely and it's very interesting to read, but uh, for a Goosebumps book, you expect something a bit scarier. You're not going to find it in deep trouble. That's all for this week. Please join me next time in which I have a collaborative review of Goosebumps number 20, The Scarecrow Walks at Midnight. In the meantime, th thank you so much for watching and please stay spooky.